Again, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Glad y'all reminded me of that. Uh, and it's, uh, it's kind of ironic. I didn't plan it, but we're going to talk about re relationships a little bit today. Uh, and religion, I'm going to continue on with following God's will. And this morning, um, I'm going to talk about religion versus relationship or religion or relationship. As we're following God's will, what does it look like for us? How are we doing that? And I'm going to start out by reading uh, some scripture. And I'm going to read from Romans. Whoops, that's the wrong PowerPoint. That's okay, though. I'm going to just skip the scripture, and you're going to, have, you're going to hear me without the scripture being on the board. But that's okay. Somebody made a mistake. I don't know who it was. But uh, the person that do the, does this for me messed up. Anyway, Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not that, but also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for, uh, for that scripture, Lord. Just thank you for, uh, for inviting us into this relationship with you, Lord. Thank you for the, what you do in our lives. Lord, again, just thank you for this church and this community, Lord. And I pray that... Uh, as we study your word this morning, Lord, that your words flow through me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Good deal. Again, I'm, this morning I'm continue talking about um, following God's will. Following God's will. And I like to compare religion and relationship. I don't want you to think that there's anything wrong with saying you're religious. And, uh, but, but I want to show you the difference between the two. Uh, because there is a big difference, or there are big differences. The first thing I want to do is I want to look at the uh, definition in Webster's of religion. And it says a commitment or devotion to religious faith or observance. You see, in every world religion, I've told you this before, in every world religion, people do a list of things or try to be good enough for God. You see, religions require... You to do works and follow man-made rituals. Religion requires you to do good works and follow man-made religions. And then these folks spend their entire life trying to be accepted. And they can never be sure if they're good enough. So in all these world religions, people never have peace. They never have peace being united with their God. You see, all these people are just trying to reach their way to God. That has to be a frustrating way of life. And relationship, on the other hand, again, there's nothing wrong with being religious, but a relationship, on the other hand, goes much deeper. Being a Christian goes much further than religion. Again, the definition of relation or relationship is kinship. 
a specific instance or type of kinship. You see, I really like that word kinship because that means that we're a part of his family. We're a part of God's family. God assures us of this. While all religions try to work their way to their God, our God came to us. Our God came to us because he wanted a relationship with us. John 1, 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow, that's so exciting. God cares enough about us to come to us. To leave paradise and come to us so we can be in relationship with him. You see, we don't have to reach him. He sought us. He's found us. And Jesus came from heaven to be with us. You see, Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life, but was punished for the sins of all of mankind. You see, our sins were crucified with him. Our sins were crucified on the cross with him. That's amazing. But the thing about it is, he took those sins to the grave. And in three days, he rose again. But our sins were left behind. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what he did for us. You see, Jesus is alive, but our sins are dead. Our sins are dead and buried. How do we know this? John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Those are Jesus' words, and he was speaking them to a very religious man. He was speaking them to a man named Nicodemus, who knew all about religion and the laws. He was an expert in Jewish religion. But he had a different, difficult time understanding the things that Jesus was telling because he would not developed a relationship with Jesus. He knew who Jesus was, but he had never entered into that relationship to accept him as his Savior. You see, that's right. Jesus knew, uh, Nicodemus knew Jesus. He knew Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus. He knew Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. But he was not walking in relationship with him. You see, I'm not sure if Nicodemus ever accepted the grace offered through Jesus. There were many people like Nicodemus who were Pharisees, who were very religious, who couldn't come to the understanding of that relationship. They couldn't look past their religion to see the love and grace that's offered through Jesus Christ. You see, they let their religion get in the way of accepting that grace. You see, I understand wanting to follow rules. Believe it or not, I'm a rule follower myself when they're convenient. And I like them. No, no I am a rule follower. But you see, we can't let our rules get in the way of love. We cannot let our rules get in the way of love. If somebody disappoints us, somebody does something against us, our love's got to be stronger than the rules. That's how we forgive people. We look past the wrongdoings and see them for who they are, God's child. While developing this relationship and walking this relationship, I think the best epistle to look at in the Bible that describes this is Romans. 
Romans was actually my dad's favorite book of the Bible. And I like studying it too, especially when it comes to the relationship with Christ. You see, Paul writes this letter and describes how our relationship should be. And he does it in thirds. The first part of Romans tells us that unless we accept Christ as our Savior, we're going to fail. No matter how good we are, if we don't accept Christ as our Savior, we're going to fail. You see, the first part of Romans tells us we can't do it alone. Without Christ's grace, we're convicted. And then the second part of Romans, Paul writes that and tells us how we're justified. In Romans 3, 21 through 26, Paul explains how we're justified through Christ when he says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through the faith of Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference where we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by the blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed and demonstrated at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Again, we've got to depend on God's right. We've got to depend on Jesus' righteousness, not our own. There's no way I can ever be righteous enough or good enough. Who's playing that music? It may be me. No? Okay. <laughs> Just distracted me for a second. I'm like, that could be me up here. Like, it wasn't, though. Sorry. Again, there's no way we can be righteous enough. The only way we can enter in this relationship is to accept what Jesus has done for us. You see, the second part of Romans assures us that we're saved by what Jesus has done, not by doing rituals or good works. Romans 6, 1-4 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall... We who died to sin live any longer in it. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism and death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should walk in the newness of life. You see, Paul is telling us in chapter 6 that we're dead to sins and we're alive to God. We're not depending on our righteousness, our Goodness, we're depending on Christ's goodness. This tells us that now we do follow rules, but now we do it out of love. We don't do it out of ritual. We follow rules and do good works out of love. I talked about doing good works last week, and I wanted to follow this up and just say, you know, we do good works because we love God, because we have favor with God, not to get favor with God. God can't love us any more than he already does. God, there's nothing we can do to make God love us any more than he loves us right now. But because of that love and forgiveness, we should be willing to do his work. That's what being a Christian is all about. You see, when we accept Christ, 
When we accept Christ, we're justified. Again, not because of what we do. Romans 8, 1-4, Paul describes how we're justified and sanctified. When he writes, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak, through the flesh of through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Again, when we accept Christ as our Savior, now we have his power. We're not working upon our I thank God I don't walk this life relying on my power because I'm a weak person. But when I rely on Christ, I rely on that power through him, some amazing things can be done. Through you, some, or when you do things through Christ, some amazing things can be done in your life and other people's lives. But we've got to quit relying on ourselves. We've got to quit relying on how well we follow rules and rely solely on what Christ has done for us. But Acts 1, Jesus promises us the coming of the Holy Spirit. When we start this relationship with Jesus Christ, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and start walking by the Spirit, not by the flesh. You see, this is more proof that God desires a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with us so much that He is dwelling inside of us right now. When we accept Jesus Christ, the Scripture says we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we let other things get in the way of our relationship and we've got to repent and we've got to look to Christ for forgiveness. But when he becomes our savior, he's dwelling in us. Again, we rely on that power. Again, my power, I'm, I'm pretty weak. I'm limited on what I can do. You're limited in what you can do. As a church, we're limited on what we can do. But when we rely on the power of Jesus Christ, his power is limitless. It's hard for us to understand that because we're finite beings. It's hard for us to understand that infinite power. But that's what we rely on. And now um, I want to look at how do we know when we start or how do we know when we're living in that relationship versus a religion? You know, how do we know that? Being a teacher, I like to assess things, not as much as the state likes to assess. What I do like to assess, I think it's important. Uh, but how do we know when we're living in that relationship or instead of that religion? I put, when we're living in a relationship, I put it in red. One reason is so it'll jump out at you. The other is because that represents the blood of Jesus Christ. So when we're in a religion, we worship, our worship is merely external. But when we're in that relationship with Jesus, worship is from our heart. In religion, we do good only to earn favor. In a relationship, doing good works out of love for God. In religion, things are built on what we do. In a relationship, it's based on what Jesus Christ has done. In religion, it's based on external appearance. In relationship, it's based on our internal heart. Religion is based on fear. A relationship is based on love. Religion, we're hoping to go to heaven. 
But in relationship, we've got that knowing assurance because of what Jesus done, that heaven's based on his grace, not on my doing. Again, those are how we know whether or not we're in that relationship. Again, it's okay to be religious. It's okay to follow rules. But unless our faith is in Jesus Christ and we're working every day to be more like him and increase that relationship with him, we're going to be frustrated people. How do people know that we're Christians? Do people know we're Christians without us telling them? I can tell you this. People remember how you love them. People remember how you love them. They'll know you're a Christian by your love. Not by how well you follow a set of rules. You see, God wants us to be a part of his family. He's accepted us into his family. Again, we're Christians by our love, not by our rules. You see, the wonderful thing is, when we get frustrated... All we got to do is rely on that relationship, that grace that Jesus has provided for us. You see, the only way we can be a part of his family is through a relationship with Christ. I want to end with a couple of questions. The first one is, do you have this relationship? You're here, you're listening at home. Be honest with yourself. Have you entered in this relationship? Is your walk with Christ about following the rules and trying to be good enough? Or is it about accepting the grace that he's already provided for us? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? The other thing is don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. Don't let anybody ever look you in the eye and tell you you're not good enough for God's grace. If you can hear me right now and I'm looking in your eyes right now, I can promise you that Jesus died for you. Don't care what sin you've committed. He wants a relationship with you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for sending your Son, Lord, that uh, through him we can be in relationship with you. Lord, not based on anything that we do for ourselves, Lord, but what you've already done for us. Lord, when we accept that grace, it becomes about you, not about us. Lord, help us rely on your power. Lord, again, we're, we're finite beings. We, we, we are limited, Lord. But when we rely on your power and your grace, Lord, the things we can do are amazing when we do it in your name. Lord, help us to, uh, to show that love and grace to everybody we meet. Lord, I pray that we don't have to be asked if we're Christian. Lord, that people can see that in our lives. Again, just thank you so much for that love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.